The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello again, and thank you for joining us. And, of course, uh, you have heard me say in the past good morning, and I won't make that mistake again because we actually have listeners from all over the world, and I am ever so grateful uh, to you all tuning in. So uh, thanks for tuning in, Japan, Denmark, Germany, Canada, uh, France. Uh, we're so thrilled to have you uh, with us, and China. So we have uh, a very exciting show for you today. Um, as you know, we're Wellness Interactive, and our, uh, one of our uh, amazing brands It's uh, the Wellness Lounge. And what we do at the Wellness Lounge is we like to believe we take it a step further. So um, the shows or the guests that uh, uh, we like to engage with are guests that uh, may perhaps uh, be living right next door to you, and you may not know this, and they're doing amazing work, and they've done amazing work uh, globally, nationally, and locally. So we like to uh, engage the whole mind, body, spirit. And we have an exciting guest uh, uh, today who will help us uh, to navigate that whole connection through our spirit and our body. And uh, I think you'll um, enjoy the conversation. So you can find us, of course, the Wellness Lounge. Uh, we're at 14 South Orange Avenue, New, York, New Jersey. But we also are all around the country. We do pop-up wellness lounges. So feel free to engage, us, engage with us uh, at uh, many of uh, the events uh, that uh, we're Doing. We just came back from the merge in Los Angeles, and that happens every year in August. Uh, you can also find us, of course, on Facebook and uh, Twitter, all the social network. Our handle for Twitter is Wellness Inter. That's I-N-T-E-R, and, of course, Wellness. Um, I'd like to just start by uh, reading a passage from a very, very simple book, and I, I, I just think it's so easy, but it also, I think, is it's very beautiful. And it says, The 100 Simple Secrets of Happy People, David Niven, Ph.D., which is very easy, and it's a great book uh, to share with uh, young people, too. And, uh, you know, it's been around for a while, but I want to uh, just uh, read uh, one of the very simple secrets of happy people, uh, it says, choose your comparisons wide, wisely. Many of our feelings of satisfaction or dissatisfaction have their roots in how we compare ourselves to others. 
When we compare ourselves to those who have more, we feel bad. When we compare ourselves to those who have less, we feel grateful. Even though the truth is we have exactly the same life either way. Our feelings about our life can vary tremendously based on who we compare ourselves with. Compare yourself with those examples that are meaningful but that make you feel comfortable with who you are and what you have. And so I read that because uh, we have uh, today Jacqueline Tarrant, and I am uh, just so excited that she's going to be able to engage us uh, or to help us navigate a uh, presence of uh, embodiedness, you know. It's, she's going to be speaking about hair, so stay with us. And it's not uh, it, it, uh, so much of what you think. Uh, most of the times we're always thinking about beauty, but this is a very um, intense conversation with someone who does it well. She educates us on one part of our body, which happens to be hair. So let me make the introduction. Jacqueline Tarrant, uh, who we're excited about having here today, is recognized as a beauty expert, author, consultant, columnist, uh, salon owner, and founder of the Hair Trauma Center in downtown Chicago. As a third-generation beauty professional, international platform artist and former director of a director of education and product development specialist with L'Oreal USA. Uh, Jacqueline continues to add layers to her beauty expertise. Her knowledgeable approach to all things related to hair care and hair health is expressed monthly in national columns that reach millions through various publications. We're so excited to have you here today, Jacqueline. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here. It is such a glorious day. Oh, thank you. Great. I, you know, uh, in all honesty, I, uh, of course, uh, you know, I've been engaged with you with, with the, the, the whole hair, the science of hair, the uh, beauty of hair, and I can't, I, I think I told you this, I can't, I, I, I'm just so impressed with um, your knowledge and that uh, I think, uh, uh, our listeners will be too. So I want to just jump right into um, this amazing book and fabulous book that you've written. It's called Healthy Hair Rehab, uh, Three Steps to Fabulous Healthy Hair. And, uh, you know, I want to uh, ask a couple of questions about uh, uh, how uh, one navigates uh, <laughs> to be uh, this, extreme professional about hair. How did you, did you, is this something you always engage with as a, a young uh, person or you just, what, decided I like yeah, my hair? <laughs> absolutely. You know, I am a third generation beauty professional and literally grew up in a salon. My mother was a salon owner and her aunt before her trained her as a beauty professional. So I was such a spoiled child, I would not stay with anyone. <laughs> and my mother <laughs> literally ended up putting the crib in the corner of the salon. <laughs> and so I was just 
spoiled and just had so much fun with all of the ladies that would come into the salon. And I wanted to go to the salon for as long as I can remember from a very young child and always found the the variety of people, the diversity, um, the cultural diversity, the differences in the hair textures, the way people look, the way they would come in one way and once their hair was in order, how they would leave out with so much more confidence and how hair was such a beautiful conversation starter. Exactly, and, and which brings me to uh, uh, your book, uh, and I want to read uh, 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 a little paragraph out of here uh, because uh, I think uh, what you're saying is it's empowerment, <laughs> it's empowerment, you know. You have a chapter here oh, that yeah. says the power of hair, and I, I love uh, this uh, one paragraph. It says, throughout history, people have been obsessed with their hair. Many cultures have equated luxurious locks with youth, virility, stamina, strength, beauty, and sensuality. For as long as records have been kept, hair on the head head, has been considered a sexual object. For thousands of years, its texture, styling, length, color, and other attributes, attributes have been among the charismatic standards of adornment in almost every civilization. And then you go on to say, do you know why Julius Caesar wore a wreath of leaves? It was to hide his hair loss, a receded forehead and bare scalp crown. In some cultures, women, prisoners, and soldiers are forced to hide their hair or share it to symbolize a lack of individuality or sexuality. Look at what happens to the heads of recruits newly entered into the armed forces. Their heads are clean shaven, both to take away dignity and to separate them from being distinct entities unto themselves. Some might say removing head hair makes someone a non-person with no distinct identity. And I think that's just so powerful, and it brings me back to what you were just speaking about and how, uh, you know, you watched uh, uh, so many walk into your mom's salon and leave with this sense of empowerment. Can you uh, uh, please uh, uh, talk to us more uh, about why you think it empowers us and what the whole science and the whole, you know, spirituality connection to this hair. <laughs> you know, what is it? Yes. yes, it is very, very powerful. And that it's... And, and that is so key because we are taught from a very young age um, to, to keep our hair a particular way. And it becomes that way that mothers and daughters bond and um, think about even when boys get their first haircut. It's a very empowering situation for the family at that one-year-old stage of getting the first haircut. It becomes this this big process that we go through and it's like, oh, he's, you know, he's now becoming mommy's little man. Right. (laughs) So, you know, all these things are really points at which we um, find them 
um, we find ourselves moving into a new phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at cultures, culturally, how we um, engage with hair, and when we are describing a person, oftentimes the first thing we will say beyond height is the way that a person wears their hair. So mm-hmm. That's true. Looking at those details, because the hair, if you think of the face as the picture, then the hair becomes the frame. And it frames the entire picture, and it gives us a sense of being pulled together mm-hmm. um, or being disheveled. Exactly. Times, yeah, because you really can see a well-dressed person, can... and then if their hair is not in place, then they're not well-dressed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, even if two people walk out in simple jeans and a white T-shirt and just simple shoes, and one person has their hair well coiffed, and the other person just looks like they maybe just got up out of the bed and didn't do anything. That would definitely alter the appearance of those two people. In your mind, you would look at one person being pulled together from head to toe, and the other person, well, the hair wasn't quite right, the person didn't look quite ready. You know, we, we, we take a lot of signs and signals from the hair. And so now, why do you think uh, uh, this happens? I know we can speak... Uh, also to uh, the connection of, of beauty and, you know, what we see, of course, on television or, you know, mm-hmm. what we, we, to me, sometimes it, it can also be an assumption that a person is not well put together because, who knows, they wear natural hair. Or you have uh, some women who, uh, for religious purpose, will wrap their hair. You have a lot going on. So I think um, if uh, we can... Uh, just, and I mean, meaning we listeners, all of us, if we can uh, listen to uh, some of the uh, whole science approach about how we actually uh, lose so much hair throughout the years and what we should be doing uh, in our younger years with hair, but also embracing the fact that um, although hair is empowering, it, it is pretty much uh, something that you can, uh, you know, in, in navigate yourself because there are a lot of people that are dealing with issues with hair. And that uh, bottom line, is it really true that uh, your hair is uh, everything? That's the bottom line. We hear that all the time. Is it, uh, Jacqueline? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it depends on your culture, the way you've grown up. I know in many cultures um, and in many um, faith-based perspectives that people take, there's a lot tied in with the hair. So in the Bible, you would, you know, many girls grow up hearing that your hair is your crown and glory and that it means a lot to... um, to you when your hair is looks a particular way or grows a particular length. Um, I think that because we put a lot of emphasis on hair, that having it or not having it, having it and then losing it can really be a very pivotal point for your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the studies are done, 
uh, and there are several that when I went into the specifics around hair loss and the culture of hair loss and how people are thinking when they're going through this process, I was amazed at the number of studies that had been done and that had shown the um, self-esteem challenges that individuals have when they perceive that they are losing hair or they are having hair challenges. Now, everyone else may not even be aware right. of what's going on with you, but if you feel that way mm-hmm. about your own hair, then it definitely will impact your mood, your self-esteem, and your feeling about yourself. So mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. important to, number one, um, instill in our little people as they're growing up a sense of pride in self, mm-hmm. but that the whole person is so important and that hair, as important as it is, is, is an, an adornment. Mm-hmm. And it, it does not define you. Right. Um, and right. I say that because I'm now experiencing even more um, clients that are coming in at much younger ages. And they, once we have the consultation, which is something that is very important that I always have with every client, um, I'm talking to them to understand their feelings about the experience that they're having with their hair. And as they share these feelings, young, middle-aged, older, women or men, every culture, um, because I have a very diverse client base, even I was amazed at how much weight and emphasis is definitely put upon the hair. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, it's interesting you say that because uh, uh, I had an experience with uh, one of my dear friends, and unfortunately uh, she had gone through an illness, uh, uh, cancer, and she was very much afraid of her losing her hair. Now, mm-hmm. of course, she was dealing with so much more, but she was just afraid of losing her hair. So, you know, uh, I cut my hair off. You know, mm-hmm. I cut my hair yeah. off, and I, I'll tell you, I've had short hair, uh, the shortcuts many, many years ago when I was a lot younger, and I felt more comfortable, but. This time, it was clearly more of an anxiety because I was much older. It's like, oh, my God, would it grow back? But then uh, fast forward, I said, you know, she's uncomfortable with losing her hair, but not necessarily uh, speaking to uh, the the whole illness. She just had anxiety about losing her hair. So things happen. I cut my hair. And she was stunned. I said, okay, you can do this. My hair is cut, and, you know, it's going to happen. But interesting, some of uh, uh, I, I saw a, a few people, uh, you know, uh, who would look at me. I literally stare. These are people I, I knew. They would never ask me why I cut my hair, but they thought yeah. uh, maybe perhaps I was sick. I had my uh, dental hygienist say to me, are you sick? Because I cut my hair. Never wow. ever really, you know, just embracing the fact that, well, maybe I want mm-hmm. short hair, but at that time I, I did it for mm-hmm. my friend to make her feel comfortable, and I'm pleased to say she's still with us uh, now because, you know, you go through all this. So uh, to yes. your point, it's something about 
how we empower ourselves. We empower ourselves with so many things, but yes. uh, never are we really embracing the fact that uh, hair to uh, an individual may uh, mean different things. It, it's, it's just something that uh, we tend to embrace in a way if it's longer, if it's natural, if it's covered, and can't wait yeah. to get more in, uh, into the conversation also of the science of this, uh, uh, Jacqueline, uh, when yeah. we return from uh, a break, because uh, you have so much to share. And again, I'm so happy I'm uh, speaking with Jacqueline Tarrant. Uh, she is here to engage us uh, with uh, uh, Healthy Hair Rehab and uh, her book, Three Steps to Fabulous Healthy Hair. And uh, she's a hairologist, Jacqueline Tarrant. We shall return in a moment. Thank you. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you for joining us. We're speaking with uh, Jacqueline Tarrant, and she's the author of Healthy Hair Rehab. She's a hairologist, and we're thrilled to have her with us today. I just want to read uh, another paragraph uh, from uh, Jacqueline's book, and we're going to have her engage us with uh, the power of hair and healthy hair rehab and just all this great information that we're excited about. So in Jacqueline's book, uh, she writes, hair connotes power and has symbolized sturdiness for men. When Delilah cut off Samson's hair, he lost the great strength which characterized him, uh, which characterized him. And as a result, the Philistines captured him. And then it goes on to say, American Indian warriors believed that when they scalped 
the enemy, they would possess his strength and courage. The warrior with the most scalps was considered the most powerful. So this is, uh, she, she writes, documented research, documented research into hair loss and hair growth goes back 6,000 years to Egypt's ancient kingdom. So where are we now, Jacqueline? Thank you so much for joining us again. Where are we now with this whole hair in 2013? Yeah, in 2013, we are spending um, thousands and thousands of dollars on hair and hair care and the hair extension companies Mm -hmm. who make hair that we can buy and add on, they are making billions, with a B, of dollars off of hair and the selling of hair. So even though we are many, 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 many years beyond, many of us still hold a lot of, I guess, connections to hair and having it look a particular way. So when we look at our younger generations as they're coming up, um, especially in some of the communities where um, we are really focused on hair, and one thing I must say is the African-American community has always had a, a very strong and rich relationship with hair and hair customs. And this, I believe, comes out of the fact that even though all hair as we consider it is hair, the um, scientific structure of hair would be the same, but the difference would be the shape of the hair. So in the difference of the shape, then we find that hair is either straight or wavy, or curly, or kinky, mm-hmm. and these various ver- these variations make the difference in the way that we will care for the hair, the things that we will have to do to make the hair man- more or less manageable. So with that being said, um, we started to see, I, I would say, in the... Nine, 80s and the 90s, we start seeing a lot of hair extensions being added. And now that industry has continued to evolve where even our youngest little people may have some hair added. Mm. Now, this is where we kind of have to think about the message that we're sending. And I say that because if we are not embracing what we have naturally and we're always adding, then what is that saying about what we think of what we have naturally? Right. So I'm, right. I'm not saying that it does or it does not. I'm just challenging people, and I often do, to think about, and to have the conversations with their younger daughters in particular mm-hmm. in defining themselves through the hair that they're wearing. Right. So, so there's been a lot of discussions mm-hmm. and controversies over those kinds of things. Exactly. 
Exactly. I always say this, this might sound a little shallow, but I had to kind of uh, talk to my daughters about this because they've all both have always had a head full of hair. I mean, just tons mm-hmm. and tons of hair, but one would love to cut it. She's been cutting her hair since she was in fifth grade. Cut, cut, cut. Mm-hmm. And the other loved the, like, loves the idea of just having her hair, you know, the, the long hair. But, um, you know, I always tell them that, uh, you know, there are a lot of, Beautiful women, and some beautiful women uh, think in terms of being beautiful because they have hair, and that's okay. That's acceptable. But you still have to have some inner connection or peace. I said, you know, exactly. hey, connect with yourself. It doesn't matter if you have a head of hair. With who you are. Exactly. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you have. So take us to uh, what you do when uh, uh, with a client, when a client walks through your doors, uh, what are you doing with them? How are you engaging, and what are you uh, analyzing um, okay. with them? Mm-hmm. Well, when just just to back up for a quick moment, and just to say that throughout my um, history and my life in the hair care business, I was always focused on healthy hair and style, and that had always been sort of the foundation that I built my salons off of. The people who came to my salon would come for the fact that the stylist would always put healthy the healthiness of the hair first, and through that you would achieve the style, and that would keep everything more manageable. After being in the industry for quite some time and looking at trends and how I was seeing things evolve in the hair industry. I was noticing that, yes, there are many stylists who focus on style. And as we've moved into the 2000s and beyond, there seem to be fewer stylists that focus on health of hair versus style. Right. So true. What we're seeing as an evolution is more focus on style and style can be achieved through many different methods, but it should never be achieved, as far as my philosophy goes, to the detriment of the health of the hair. Right, right. So, and so as I, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to ask another question, but go ahead. Go finish. Yeah, so as mm-hmm. I decided what my next step would be as I um, finished my career and um, moved on, from L'Oreal, I was noticing that there were more and more women who were being challenged with not just breakage, but going beyond breakage, which breakage is an external thing. It's based on what Mm -hmm. we can see and touch. But women who were experiencing more thinning and hair loss. And there were a couple of reasons. And again, it goes with trends and the evolution of hair and hairstyling as we know it. This is happening um, with men also, though, right, Jacqueline? Yes. Oh, yes, with men as well. Well, But with men, typically it is um, a great percentage of the time it's around genetics and testosterone. Um, so the genetics means that you will get a particular trait for a particular hair pattern. So just as we get our hair color and our hair texture from our parents and their parents, we also get 
the pattern in which our hair is going to grow or the what loss. we call okay. hair loss, mm-hmm. um, female pattern balding or male pattern balding. Does that come from any particular parent, man, man or father or, or, or mother? Does it come from any particular parent or both, or well, how does that work? Well, some of the research has said that it came from your mother's side of the family. But now they've done more to determine that it's not specific to the mother's side of the family, and you can actually pick the trait up from both sides of the family. So your parents can have care, mm-hmm. and typically you may see other members of the family who may or may not have hair. That means that somewhere in there, there's a gene or a trait for thinning or hair loss. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple different things that drive hair loss or hair thinning. Again, genetics is number one. Number two, in men, of course, is genetics combined with testosterone levels. And in women, there's a larger plethora of causes for hair loss, which as I got more into the study of it and became a certified trichologist, discovered that women had more contributing factors to hair thinning and hair loss than typically men did have, you know, to your point earlier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So of those reasons, there's the side effect of medication, there's the um, pattern that you would get from the parents, which would be the genetics, there's the fact that as women um, may age, their hormone levels will change because estrogen is a huge driver of hair growth, and as we age and our estrogen levels decline, women will find their hair becoming finer and sometimes thinner. Mm -hmm. So when those estrogen levels change, then We all have estrogen as well as testosterone in the body, but for women in particular, as your estrogen levels decline, that testosterone becomes a bit more dominant, and those patterns can start to manifest themselves. So is there really uh, uh, anything or any of the products that uh, that will help to reverse this? Uh, You know, you see so many commercial products. Out, yes. uh, That's a great says, question. Uh, you know, we can it is a, uh, <laughs> a very large industry, and now that the baby boomers are have such great numbers, mm-hmm. um, more research has been done in terms of trying to affect change and to help us all look young because we're in an age of everyone wants to be ageless. Mm-hmm. So. There are some things so that are proven and um, have been given the green light through the Food and Drug Administration, so FDA approved. And mm-hmm. one of those things would be what, um, minoxidil, which is the base ingredient of, um, say, a product like Rogaine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because it's a vasodilator. It actually opens up blocked vessels, and those blocked vessels would be like arteries carrying blood to your hair follicles. Mm -hmm. Are you looking at that when uh, your client walks into your trauma center, hair trauma center? Yeah, that is one of the areas that I'm focusing on. Um, uh, And and 
and, and when a person comes in, as you, would, as you were asking earlier, there's a process that we go through. And the first thing is they give me, they fill out some information, and that gives me a snapshot of your hair history, your health history, your um, experiences that you've had with hair growth, hair thinning, and hair loss in your lifetime, and your hair regimen. So from those four areas, along with the um, capilloscope test that you've seen me do, mm-hmm. those areas give me a snapshot of what's been going on in your life. So and let me ask you a side effect of If you have a full head of hair, you can have hair down your back, but then if you uh, uh, do a test or, or the test that you, you may uh, complete once, you know, walking into your hair trauma center, and if there are areas in your hair or, or on your scalp that uh, may uh, uh, be bald, Speak to that, uh, because I, I do know people that have a, mm-hmm. a, a ton of hair. You know, it's down their back, but they're, they're thinning in certain areas. Right. How does that um, uh, really affect uh, the, the change of, uh, you know, that head of hair, you know, moving forward? I mean, are they going to lose it all, or uh, how does okay. that work? So that's a good question, because... Oftentimes, we will see, and I do see individuals who have the length, so the hair may be long, but the what we call the density or the number of hairs per square inch mm-hmm. may not be as robust as it, they, it would have been in the past, and that's why they've come, because they're noticing that they don't have as much length of hair, and that's what I spoke of earlier, the difference between breakage, which would say the hair would be long or short, and thickness and density and volume, which would be the number of hairs per square inch. So, yes, you can have an individual who, as we look at them, we see long hair, and it may even appear that all of the scalp areas are covered, but underneath, as the examination takes place, there may be um, sparse areas where there's, the hair is not as full or voluminous, so there's not as many number of hairs per square inch. There may be a lot of space between the strands. Mm-hmm. And when I'm examining the hair, I'm also looking at what's called miniaturization. So as you go through certain changes with uh, genetic hair loss, the strands start to shrink and they get smaller. So that is where we will see some strands will be large and some strands will be very narrow or miniaturized. And that is saying that the hair is going through various phases and as it's shedding and returning, because every strand has a lifespan, that it will grow to a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that time period, a new strand should be forming to push the old strand out and a new strand will come in mm-hmm. and it will have its lifespan. Now, wow. the difference is uh, when it comes back... Hold that for a moment, uh, Jacqueline, because we're going to have to do uh, a break mm-hmm. for commercial, but um, I find this, uh, of course, fascinating. I would love to um, get more about that uh, new strand forming as it <laughs> comes through. 
how we mm-hmm. can uh, uh, really embrace it, even if you have uh, not a full head of hair, or you might have a bald spot. But uh, we should all, um, you know, know that uh, hair can come through. Now it's the whole another conversation about alopecia and all these other things, but just knowing that. Uh, that new strand of hair sometimes is possible. So on that note, we Mm -hmm. shall return with Jacqueline Tarrant, and she's a hairologist, and we're finding more uh, out about uh, hair loss and empowering, and we love our hair, and even if we don't have it, it's still okay. We We shall return in just a moment, okay? Thank you. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us. We're speaking with Jacqueline Tarrant, and she's empowering us with uh, how we embrace our hair and uh, or hair that we may be losing or we don't have. We will uh, still uh, always, I think, need to connect that whole mind-body-spirit uh, with the understanding that uh, hair uh, may be culturally defined, it may be defined uh, uh, positively or negatively with men and women, but Jacqueline is here to uh, help us navigate all of this about hair. So, Jacqueline, we were speaking about um, the strand, the healthy strand yeah. that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's a strand that may fall out, mm-hmm. and then there's a healthy one that may come. Yes. And and one thing I just wanted to share was to um, to let everyone know that you're supposed to shed hair. 
It's right. part of the process. So we should be shedding about 50 to 100 strands every single day. And that's because new hair is coming in to have its lifespan. And so when people come to me and one of the things that they'll say, well, I'm losing a lot of hair, so we need to determine is it your normal shed or is it excessive. Typically when people are experiencing excessive hair shed, so they're seeing hair in the drain, on the sink, um, whenever they're shampooing the hair, whenever they're combing the hair, we need to determine and everyone should be looking to determine are these broken pieces from the part of the strand that I can touch or was it literally shed? Now, a shed strand is shedding from the inside and it will have a little white bulb on the end. And that would be a strand that is coming from inside the scalp. Now, if it's a new strand pushing it out so that it can come in, just like when a child loses their first set of teeth and they get the second set of teeth, that first tooth becomes loose, it, we take it out, and a new tooth is, will soon appear because it's already pushing its way into place. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. The other thing that I wanted to make sure that I shared was when you asked about the things that really work for hair thinning or hair loss or whatever the case may be with your particular instance, and I mentioned minoxidil as one thing, which is um, a synthetic drug, um, even though it's over-the-counter. But there are many natural Um, products and ingredients that are used and that I use that are very helpful in slowing down the process if a person is in genetics because, of course, we can't change your DNA, Mm -hmm. but we can slow down the hair loss process and we can turn the um, hair loss back to hair growth as long as those follicles are active. And then the second area would be uh, scientific breakthroughs which would be the cool light laser treatments that individuals can go to um, individuals such as myself to receive professional treatments, mm-hmm. or there are some that you can purchase and use at home. They're not as powerful, but they certainly are efficient and effective in helping to bring more um, oxygen, nutrition, and blood to the scalp and provide more um, metabolism in the scalp to um, big mm-hmm. cells to turn over and mm-hmm. allow the path for new hair to grow in healthy and the right full thick size. Okay, excellent. So let me ask you, when uh, you're, uh, this is, of course, great information. When someone walks in and they're completely devastated and mm-hmm. you have uh, all this great information, are you able to or are they receptive to it? Because uh, most people um, can be devastated with hair loss. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I have to think that uh, it's also because uh, not only are you great at what you do professionally, but you have to have a, a, a spiritual foundation, or you'd have to be solid to engage someone with uh, uh, tremendous hair loss. They're walking in uh, yeah. to you for help. And I, I happen to think you have that, of course. You're uh, able to uh, relax a person and uh, uh, engage with them with uh, uh, a solid foundation of uh, connecting that whole mind, body, spirit. Can you uh, give us an example of someone that may be devastated because mm-hmm. they 
either have lost their hair or yes. uh, maybe because of illness they they yes. Uh, yes. had to cut their hair and so on. Can you talk yes. about that for a minute? Because it yes. is empowering. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, and I devote a whole portion of a chapter um, in the book for individuals who are going through any type of um, health challenges where they're using taking chemo or any type of medication that is will cause the hair to be lost. And also I explain why you lose hair during those processes. But because the hair is fed directly from your blood circulation, then oxygen and nutrition is carried with that blood to the follicle. If there's any imbalance in the body, um, whether it's the mind in terms of stress, whether it's um, the physical body in terms of disease, which um, there's a huge spike in thyroid disease, and one of the side effects of thyroid disease is hair loss. Mm-hmm. There is um, this month is September is Diabetes Awareness Month, and there is quite a considerable amount of hair loss for many individuals as a result of diabetes because the way that the blood is working throughout the body has been altered by the disease, Um, autoimmune disease. Any of these different things um, can have that end result of hair loss. But what I'm doing when individuals come to me is, first of all, creating an environment where they can feel comfortable where right. they can feel comfortable to open up and talk and discuss what has been going on with them and where they can think and remember some of the times that they need to capture from me. So I take that 40 minutes, 40 to 45 minutes for the consultation because it takes that long for us to get to know each other and I'm trying to capture your entire life in that time frame so that we can figure out Number one, what's going on? Number two, to be patient. To be patient in that I am allowing them to express and I'm listening to what they're saying and Mm -hmm. then asking the right questions so that we can get a full understanding of what has happened and how the hair has been impacted as a result of these life experiences. And then... The final thing that I'm always trying to do is to give a person a very realistic expectation so that they can manage their expectations for success or, in many instances, um, I'm able to help individuals, but occasionally individuals have waited too long or there are certain conditions where the condition of the body is impacting that bloodstream in such a way that the hair cannot receive what it needs. And everyone does not and cannot regrow hair based on the time, the instance, the condition, and what's going on in their life. In Mm -hmm. that instance, it's still hopeful because then we can talk about um, aesthetic alternatives to create a more attractive appearance or... We can talk ah, about ways a more attractive appearance. Oops, Jacqueline, yeah, let me to allow let me, the let me shorter say something to that. Let me ask attractive. you. You said a more attractive appearance. I think what we've been discussing also is that, uh, and maybe we need to speak more about it. 
what is uh, an attractive appearance uh, if you lose your hair or in, say, uh, uh, you know, uh, someone just uh, has gone through chemo, but they feel perfectly comfortable with a bald head. Yeah. And yeah. they're walking around, and maybe they will just put on the earring. So oh, yeah. uh, I, I really would like uh, to uh, just speak uh, briefly about okay. the yeah. feeling of what a client might think is an attractive appearance, because uh, exactly. we want them to be empowered in a sense where yeah. uh, maybe perhaps that attractive appearance is just putting on a couple of earrings. And many times it is. Oftentimes, um, if an individual is at a place where uh, after chemo, just, just as a brief, because, of course, October is uh, Breast Cancer yeah. Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of these conversations. But just to know, 90 days after individuals have completed their chemo and um, the cells begin to rejuvenate, then 90 days from that time, because it takes a cell 90 days to rejuvenate, hair is starting to begin to grow again. Um, so sometimes it's just a matter of managing your expectations and knowing how long you should be waiting before you're going to see hair start to return, um, provided that you are the health is in a good condition and the body is in a, in a state of recovery. If it's not that instance, sometimes there are some autoimmune instances, which, as you mentioned earlier, about there are various different kinds of alopecia, or even with autoimmune like lupus and Crohn's and Graves' disease, all of them have a component of hair loss that can be in place for individuals. Not necessarily has to be, but Mm -hmm. can be. Right, Um, right. I think the message is... uh, Uh, of course, um, uh, the, the great work that you're doing uh, in, in helping people to understand the, the hair loss, and uh, yeah. I, I, but also um, uh, letting them, uh, them know that everything is a process. And uh, even if you lose your hair without uh, uh, becoming ill or anything, you're, mm-hmm. you're losing your hair, but the most mm-hmm. important is to understand why and engage with yes. that. Because um, that find... let, me, let me ask you something about mm-hmm. um, men and women. You know, it, it's so uh, funny uh, in a way that men, if they lose their hair or they're losing their hair, they will uh, make big jokes about it. Women <laughs> tend to, and I'm generalizing, women we tend to lose our hair, and it's devastating. But yeah. men, uh, uh, to your point, all of the, uh, uh, the all of the information that you said before about uh, how we lose our hair, uh, you know, genetically, so on. Mm-hmm. Men tend mm-hmm. to, I think, embrace it uh, much better than we do. What you, what's your yeah. thinking behind that? <laughs> no, I totally agree, and I think it's a fantastic defense mechanism. <laughs> that a lot of men put in place to to cope with society's view of this thing that happens to many men. Right. And that's the reason why I mentioned the testosterone connection, um, because I'm always linking health with the end result of what we have. Right, which, which could still mean health 
is to me a total mind body experience it's mind spirituality and body and you know i mm-hmm. the, i i'm listening to the music and i can't believe it's over already uh oh, we yeah. are just uh very at least i am and i'm sure my listeners are very excited about having you share all this great information with us now jacqueline tell us where uh or uh, our listeners where they can find you. I know that you're in Chicago okay. and you have Absolutely. a hair trauma center there. Uh yeah. you're on social network. Where where would they find yeah. you? So if you if they wanted to needed to email me, they would be at info at haretraumacenter.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. And the website is haretraumacenter.com. dot com. And the book, where can um, they find the book? And in terms of social media mm-hmm. it is at, on Facebook at Rehab My Hair. Mm-hmm. And in terms of Twitter, I'm on Twitter at Style Infinity. Great, great. And of course, they can purchase the book on any one of those social networks, right? They can, and they can purchase the book at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And Thank they can you. just so... go in and look for Healthy Hair Rehab. Great. Thank you so much. Healthy Hair Rehab, three steps to fabulous. Healthy Hair by Hairologist Jacqueline Tarrant. Empower yourself with the whole mind, body, spirit, and hair is just a small portion of that. But understand the process and the navigation of hair loss and why we may lose it, but also why we can embrace uh, the loss of hair. So thank you so much for uh, sharing with us, uh, Jacqueline. I hope to have you back again. And thanks oh, for listening. I, I can hardly wait. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. It's uh, Wellness I'm Lounge really a step further. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge a step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.